everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Stripped by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people in between. I am your host, Steph Sia, aka Kimchi on stage. You can find me on stage, not this month, but probably sometime next month when I'm back in the country because I'm recording this really early, um, a month early before I leave <laughs> to some unknown destination because I'm going away for my birthday and it's a surprise and I don't know where it is. But yes, um, I'm also a digital content creator. I was also a former sugar baby almost a decade ago. You can listen about that kind of stuff um, on my earlier episodes. But um, this episode is definitely not about me. I have a super exciting guest that I'm gonna be bringing onto the show. But a few things we gotta kind of go through first. Big shout out to Skyhawk After Dark. It is a adult industry podcast network and also a videocast um, network as well where you can find other podcasts such as mine. We have other wonderful like-minded shows and individuals that are on that network. So go ahead and peep them at skyhawkafterdark.tv. And if you want to help out with the show, my website should be out by now by the time that we, by the time this episode is released. Um, but if you haven't heard already or if you're brand new to the show, you can support by subscribing to my Patreon. And I just wanted to say a big shout out to all of the people that are on the top tier level. They get a little fan recognition shout out on the show. So just hello again to Snoosu, all the way from Germany. We have Jay Sunsern right here in Canada, as well as Arup Sarkar, um, who's also in BC, and Justin Erickson, who is based in uh, Vancouver, Washington. So hello and thank you again. There are other tiers that you can uh, subscribe to for as low as $4. Go ahead and peep it. It is patreon.com slash stripped by Sia. Okay, so getting back to everything here, I am super jazzed and super excited to bring on our mystery guest today. And I am kind of ashamed and also just like appalled that I've never done an episode on today's topic. And the topic today is talking about legalization of prostitution um, in Nevada. And in general, I haven't really talked about or addressed legalization. I know we talk a lot about decriminalization, but it is uh, really important for us to embrace people that are working in legalized countries, in legalized areas and states, um, to really get uh, a really cool glimpse of what life is like for them. And of course, if you haven't listened to the show or maybe you're new here, this show is all about destigmatizing sex work. And I do that through interviewing tons of different people every single week from all parts of the world. So I know a lot of you are listening from North America, but I've interviewed people from Asia. We also have people from Europe. Um, but I'm really excited to kind of dive deep into this topic. And there is a lot of ground to cover to cover, so I'm going to stop talking and introduce our lovely guest, Ariel Ganja, who is a courtesan based in Nevada and who will be showing us the ropes today on a day in her life, a day in her shoes, and just everything to do with legalization of prostitution in Nevada. Ariel, are you there? Yes, hello. How are you? Thank you for having me on your show. No, thank you. I'm like I'm super stoked. <laughs> and everyone is listening, uh, like whoever is listening or wherever you're listening, we're all super stoked to have you on. And I know that because there's just been so much buzz about your episode, so many engaging and thoughtful questions that have come in, which we'll save for the end of the show. But hello and welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so excited to have you. I know it's a super hot day. It's still summer when we're recording. Um, but I kind of did a really, really brief introduction on you. But I always love to give the opportunity for my guests to describe themselves in their own words and terms. So if you wanted to do that, feel free to go right ahead. Okay. Um, my name is Ariel Ganja. I am a legal courtesan at the Chicken Ranch Brothel. Um, I've been working there for three years. Uh, before, my introduction to sex work was dancing, um, and I did that for a little while, and I met somebody who told me about um, the brothels out here, and then I came and worked at the Chicken Ranch, and I've been here ever since. Wow. So, prior, prior to dancing, I actually did accounting for a contracting company. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. So complete 180 here. (laughs) How, like, what was your introduction with that? So, like, I know you mentioned um, you had been introduced uh, to the chicken ranch through somebody. But let's take it back to the very beginning in terms of, like, okay, you're in this accounting job or accounting firm. And then you started dancing. Or were you moonlighting? Or what's the story behind all that? So I actually had a really good job there. Um, I was going back to college. Uh, I had been there long enough to get paid on their salary system where they give you a company car. Um, You have, you know, a lot of benefits. They have really good health insurance, really good pay. Um, So that's what I was trying to do. But... Um, then I got laid off because the company was kind of going under and stuff and I had to pay my bills. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm from the Midwest. It's not that great job wise out there. So I started dancing and then dancing isn't very good out there. And somebody kind of told me about the chicken ranch and that's how I, and the rest is history. (laughs) (laughs) Had you ever been out to, um, I guess, Nevada prior to working at the Chicken Ranch? Yes. Yes, I've been to Las Vegas many times. Yeah. But you've never, I guess, like, um, because Nevada is the only state in the United States where it, it well, where prostitution is legalized, I don't believe there are any other places that are like that in the state. So what was your introduction to the Chicken Ranch and was it kind of what you expected, something completely different? Or, like, what what were you thinking kind of, like, going in to working and switching over to that? Honestly, I really didn't know what to expect. I was kind of nervous, just like everyone is, you know. Your first thoughts of going into the house is, you know, oh, my God, there's so many girls there. Are they nice? Are they going to like me? What are the clients like? What, just, you know, just what's it like but you know once I started everything is awesome like I I just haven't looked back since so that's awesome I mean (laughs) it's just like kind of like first day jitters at any job whether or not you're in sex work because I know there are a lot of people in the civilian or vanilla world that listen to this show as well but like anytime you're starting something new and embarking on a new journey um whether it's career work or job related it can be kind of like nerve-wracking and you know like are the people gonna like me are, are they gonna be friendly is work gonna be good like what about the money and like everything is yeah. a big question mark right so but mm-hmm. it, it sounds like you had nothing to lose and you were just like you know what? I'm gonna jump two feet in and just do the damn thing pretty much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I moved all the way I moved here to Vegas um, from the Midwest to work here so yeah Okay, amazing. I, I want to hear all about the chicken ranch. I want to hear all about the working conditions. But why don't we give everyone a lesson in terms of legalization in the state of Nevada, what that entails, and legalization in general? Okay. So um, it is legal in about 10 of 17 counties mm-hmm. um, since the early 1970s. Uh, prostitution is not legal just anywhere. You can't just go out to Las Vegas and work and be okay. Um, Las Vegas is, or Nevada is actually an entrapment state. So mm-hmm. they give us legalization, but they're able to entrap people who are doing it illegally. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, with that being said, the chicken ranch is an hour outside of Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot have a brothel located um, a certain amount of miles toward, um, I think the population is like 400,000, mm-hmm. over 400,000 people. You can't have a brothel um, that close to that many people. So oh. all the brothels are generally kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So people have to travel out, and I'm sure that you probably get a lot of sex tourists probably that come into Vegas that would travel out to the chicken ranch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lots of that. Hey. Yeah. Most of our clientele are actually tourists. Mm. Mm -hmm. Are you one of the closer brothels um, in terms of like close proximity to Las Vegas? Because I know there are other ones too. Ah, okay. Gotcha. We are the closest. And then there's one down the street. 
which would be the second closest. Yeah. And then um, there's another one that's like I think 30 to 45 minutes away. Mm-hmm. So, and then the rest of them are all up north. Um, they're out by Reno. Wow. So it extends pretty far out. Um, like I feel like a lot of people, when they hear that prostitution is legal in Nevada, would probably get that misconception that it is legalized in Las Vegas, and you probably hear a lot of people wanting sex out there, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, um, and I think that um, we can do out calls. Um, one thing is we're not allowed to do out calls in Knight County. You can mm-hmm. in the counties up north. You can do out calls up there, um, but they just per county law. Each county is different how um, the laws work and how we have to handle things. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we cannot do out calls. So you have to come down to the chicken ranch in Pahrump. Mm-hmm. Um If you do not have transportation, we have a free limo service that clients can use. Right. And for these brothels that are located, um, like legalized brothels, um, I think you mentioned in your notes, and of course, Ariel's so organized, I just have to give you a shout out here, Ariel's so organized to have the most neatest and organized notes uh, that she pro- provided to me before the show, which has been like so awesome and help- helping me guide this episode because like legalization for me I'm pretty clueless on so I'm here learning (laughs) as like a student right now so thank you um I think you also mentioned um these brothels obviously to be legalized they have to have um or possess some kind of licensing is that correct Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right right and that just states that Um, you're allowed to work there or like how, how does that work um, so, in order to be able to work at a brothel, um, first, whenever you go in, well, you have to get hired first. <laughs> <laughs> then when you get hired, you go in. Um, they do an STD test on you, and they do blood and a vaginal swab, mm-hmm. and they're testing for um, HIV, um, STIs, gonorrhea, yeah. chlamydia, and syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, so, wait a minute, I gotta think um, about this. I'm like, hold on, which ones are they again? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so they test for all of that um, the first day. The next day, the test comes back early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Then you have to go to the county jail where the sheriff's office is, mm-hmm. and you have to get your sheriff's card. So what that entails is they do a background check on you. Mm-hmm. And then they also do a fingerprint check on you to make sure that you're not involved in any crimes. You don't have any warrants out for your arrest. Once you have that done, they give you the sheriff's card, which has your picture. It looks kind of like a little driver's license, and it says the name of the brothel that you work at. Oh. Um, you have to have a sheriff's card for each individual brothel. So if you want to change the brothel that you're working at, you have to get that sheriff's card back, turn that into the um, sheriff's office, and then get a new sheriff's card. Gotcha. To work at a different brothel. Okay. Like, when you are wanting to, say, get a job here, like... <laughs> um, no, that's okay. <laughs> it happens. Um, when you are wanting to get a job here, or say, like, in your own experience, obviously you have to apply to work there. Like, what is the audition process? Is there an audition process? Or, like, how, how does that work? So all you have to do is go to chickenranchbrothel.com. You can apply to be a chicken ranch lady there. They just have you fill out a brief form, like what's your name, your phone number, your email. Um, They want to see some current pictures. You send that in, and then um, the madam will see that, and then she'll contact um, the ladies, and they do a um, Skype interview or through Zoom. Yeah, so, okay, that's really cool. That's really interesting. So it's just pretty, like, as easy as that. It's just, like, filling out an application, mm-hmm. a form online, and they're like, let me, we'll get back to you if we're interested. Gotcha. Yeah, super simple. Yeah. And then going back to the whole process that you were describing, um, so you have to get, if you're, if, and correct me if I'm wrong here, so what I've been hearing is that you got to do your background check. 
um, with the sheriff's got to get your sheriff's card and that's per brothel um, you'll also have to get and undergo um, like a medical examination I think is what you mentioned mm-hmm. do you have to do that every mm-hmm. single time you're going to the brothel is it this is like or how often do you have to get this stuff done yes so um, generally coming in um, we come in on Mondays and then we get tested at noon so we have a doctor that comes in from Vegas who actually works with talent testing um, so we, we also have a lot of girls that work at the brothel that do porn so mm-hmm. they're able to use that test if they want to pay extra to do the whole panel because um, you know they test for more in porn um, than yeah. we do at the brothels Right. And they do a whole different like formatting and stuff. So you can actually use that same test in the porn industry if that's what you do. Cool. Um, also, um, so we are tested weekly. We are tested um, once a month uh, for blood, mm-hmm. and every week um, they do the the vaginal swab. But if we leave the house for like a week, say like we leave for like one week, like normally our tours consist of two weeks and up but Mm. sometimes girls will leave for one week and then come back for another two weeks even though it's only been a month since she left the house she still has to get another blood std test okay you still have to retest for blood so when you first come into the house always blood but if you stay say you stay for five weeks then you have to get a blood test again on your fifth week Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, so like you are arriving on a Monday. Are there any limits of to like how long you have to stay, or what are their parameters? Because it sounds like pretty flexible in terms of range. So everyone creates their own schedule, um, but you have to. It is uh, a lockdown house. So when you come in you have to stay in. We don't leave until the end of our tour, except mm-hmm. where once a week they give us a town day and we can go out to town, run some errands out in Pahrump for about five hours. Um, you know, if like I'm local and I live in Vegas, so say I need to go to a doctor's appointment or I need something or I need to do something in Las Vegas, I can tell the madam and she'll give me a pass out and I can go handle, you know, the things that I need to handle. But when I'm there, I live there. I don't leave. I stay and sleep in the same room that I work in. Wow. Is that very isolating at all? Or, like, does that ever get lonely? Or how does that work? How do you feel? Um, well, no, I mean, we have a house full of 15 girls. They try to um, keep it um, as full as possible. So the, at the fullest, we can have 15. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it can be lower. But, I mean, no, I mean, it, it doesn't really get lonely there. I mean... Sometimes it, you can get bored if it's slow, but I mean, yeah. there's, there's always things to do. And I'm, I'm always so busy trying to do all kinds of different things that I can keep myself busy. Totally. You know, even if it is a slow season. Yeah. Are there different seasons or like, I mean, summer is obviously you really busy or like what's, what's the kind of the up and down with the seasons at the brothel? So in my experience, uh, my personal experience working at the chicken ranch, um, I don't like to work holidays, any kind of family holidays, not because I want to celebrate the holidays with my family. I would work the holidays if they were good, but I spend literally half of my life there. So I work every other two weeks. So I would rather optimize my two weeks working while it's busy, not while it's when I know it's not going to be busy. So, for example, um, I don't work, you know, what was Fourth of July? I don't work, um, well, I don't, I don't like to work Halloween because I just like to dress up and go out and have fun on Halloween. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but I don't work Thanksgiving. I don't work Christmas or New Year's. Um, Valentine's Day is kind of slow. Um, Easter, pretty much all the families say Mother's Day, Father's Day, all those times are slow. Summer can be kind of iffy um, when kids are out of school. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's better for business actually during school season, you know, oh. because then people pick up kids, there's this, people go out to business trips, we have a lot of conventions, um, pretty much, you know, year round. Uh, COVID kind of put a stop to a lot of that, but we're, yeah. we're getting back to things here in Las Vegas, luckily. Yeah. <laughs> making business a lot better, so that's great. 
Thank God. I mean, like, well, tell us about like your time during COVID. Cause I mean, like that's like a full on lockdown, even though you're already in a lockdown type of like concept, mm-hmm. how bad did that impact business? Were you even allowed to be open or operate or how did mm-hmm. that work? No. Right. No. Um, it was, it was really messed up actually. Um, we, we really got the bad end of the stick on that one. Um, mm. So we were closed for a whole year and two months. Um, I was there when we closed. It was, business was getting kind of slow in March, so we closed on March 17th of um, 2020. Mm. And it was actually um, St. Patrick's Day, and we were supposed to have a party. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, we're having a meeting in the bar okay, what's going on? Oh, everybody has to be out by noon the next day is what they tell us. And we're all like, what is going on? And so, you know, it was just, it wasn't really believable all the way. I don't think I believed it. I did not think that we could be close for that long. Yeah. And it's also frustrating to know that like, you know, strip clubs were only closed for like a month or like two months. And we were closed for a whole year and two months and there's less people out there it's almost like you know being in quarantine and itself being out there versus being in a strip club with all those many people you know what I'm saying so yeah I mean that's crazy I mean like well for us here in Canada like we were closed like with clubs and stuff and like the city Mm -hmm. and stuff like we were closed for like a long time like I want to say like almost a year and really yeah it was gross and i'm just like well because like we all thought it was gonna be like two weeks or something (laughs) it was yeah me too (laughs) yeah i think a lot of us shared that same sentiment we're like oh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna reopen again and then like it just like didn't we're like oh and and then when they did reopen like there were so many parameters like there was they put like plexiglass like around the stage and like mm-hmm. green tape around the stage so people couldn't cross that certain line unless they were tipping and it was like really very weird. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. not enough people. But I mean that was a whole thing. But I mean going back to you, like that's that's really, really hard and obviously because like you were there living and working there for most of the year, that must have been really 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 difficult to go through but I'm glad that things are kind of getting back to like (laughs) normal (laughs) quote-unquote ish in a way I guess as normal as they can yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) I mean going back to the facility I just have so many questions like the the building itself um and the rooms that you're staying in the girls that you were living with are you friends with any of the girls? Do you, do you have that camaraderie that you have, like, say, like, in, in the stripper, you know, like, in stripper, like, changing rooms and stuff, like, banter and all that stuff? Or is it, like, you're, like, cordoned off? Or, like, how does that, how does that all work? So, um, each house is different. Um, the house that I work in um, is, uh, it's, it's, it's a really good house. We have a really good sisterhood amongst each other. Um, like I said, we do spend half of our lives here. And so that means that we spend half of our lives with each other. So, you know, we always try and keep each other, you know, in good spirits and in good vibes. You know, of course, it's all females. So, you know, we might, you know, have, you know, some disagreements every now and then. But it's 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 nothing bad. It's it's really like kind of like a second family. Whenever that. we're all with each other all the time and then our schedules are the same, so. Right. Like, I, I would imagine you're probably, like, working the same kind of shifts with every, everyone because they're all there on a similar schedule or at least there's crossover. Um, is there a lot of, like, turnover or are there a lot, a lot of long-term staff such as yourself? Um, there is turnover and there also is um, some long-term girls that have been there um there's I think like five or six of us that are considered veterans um there's one girl who has been there oh she's amazing um she has been there for I think like 18 years one's been there for around 16 um I think a couple of them for like 16 years 
Um, wow. That's once, awesome. like, six years, two years. I'm three years. I've been there for three years. Yeah. So, it's good range, yeah. good range of, of like longevity yeah. and stuff too. Because like sometimes like within sex work in general, it can be really transient. Um, like a lot of people might use this as like a transitional type of job, um, you know, or find out once they get started like this isn't really for them, which I'm sure happens in in your corner of the industry too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, definitely. Um, working at a brothel is not for everyone. Um, different brothels have different rules. Um, I know some brothels, I think you can leave and stuff like that. You know, like I said, the one that I'm at now, we don't leave and we actually, we do not have shifts. We are on call 24 seven. Um, so if somebody comes in and requests us, we're on call, we could have a lineup at any time. Um, we could have an appointment at any time, but there's also, that being said though, there's also a lot of downtime. So it's not like we're just like out here, like work, 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 work. Mm-hmm. And uh, our house is also set up a little differently. It's a little more laid back. Um, we're not really a bar hustle house. So, um, we're not required to stay out in the bar like 24 seven, um, as, other house, some other houses are, mm-hmm. um, some houses, they don't even let you bring a laptop in. You can't, you know, do anything like that. Our house is not like that. It's very laid back. It's very chill. Mm-hmm. Um, like the kind of things that we would, for example, like the kind of things that we would wear to a lineup. A lot of us wear, um, you know, like dresses or, you know, those kind of like hot dresses on fashion Nova that are yeah. a little too slutty to like wear out in public, but yeah. like, you know, those kind of, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, we're allowed to wear lunch spray um, as long as it's not see-through. If it is, uh, the top, if you can see through the nipples, we have to wear nipple covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cannot have see-through bottoms. If they're see-through or lace, you have to have another pair of panties underneath. Um, we, have, we have a lot of different um, weird little dress code things that we have there. But so we... We wear that, and then we have the heels in front of the clients. But when we go back away from the clients, we have a whole wall where we have heels lined up. And that's where girls put their heels, and they'll change back into, like, house slippers, put on house robes over. It's very, like, (laughs) relaxing and chill. It's kind of homey. So it's really nice. That's really cool to hear yeah. that. That's that's so yeah. different than like what I expected. I just thought like, well, I guess it, it almost sounds like a strip club. It's like similar rules to at least the strip clubs here. Like no, um, like you can't show your areola or like, um, you know, stuff like that. No, like body parts can be out in the open. So it sounds kind of similarly structured that way. Um, were there any other rules or is it mainly just... Um, primarily around like dress code or is there any things that you can't bring into the house or like things you can't do or is it more on the client side? I have so many questions. (laughs) Oh, there's a lot of rules. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so generally like whenever we come in, um, they search our bags. So we have to let them go through our bags. They're making sure that we're not bringing in any kind of like drug paraphernalia, any alcohol, anything like that. We can't bring in anything like that. No weapons, nothing, you know, illegal is basically what they're looking for. Right. Um, And then when we leave, they check our bags to make sure that nobody's stealing anything. Because sometimes every now and then, I don't know, they would have a girl stealing stuff. So just making sure and making sure that girls aren't stealing money. Um, you're not allowed to do that. That brings me to my next point is the money thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So whenever we come in, after we put our bags in there, uh, we turn over any cash that we have on us, all cash that we have, we give to the shift manager and she logs it into an account for us, which is, um, our petty cash. So we can still use the cash if we want to. We're just not allowed to have any cash whatsoever in our room. Um, because that prevents us from, or that prevents girls from stealing from, you know, the chicken ranch, from the clients, from other girls, from, you know, so, um, and then if you are caught with money in your room, because they will do room flips, so they'll look and make sure you don't have anything illegal that you're not supposed to have in there and make sure that you're not stealing money or hiding money. If they do find money, if they find $20 in your, in your room that you did not turn in, hidden somewhere they will take your entire check and you will be fired 
So wow. you're risking everything for that. So yeah, it's you, you, you don't you don't want to you don't want to do that. <laughs> no, no, no. So. Lots of rules. Yeah, I mean, like, is was there anything that you missed too? Because I feel like with legalization, there are so many different rules and parameters that are set in place with that in order to for it to remain legal. So, did you want to mm-hmm. kind of walk us through a little bit about that? Unless you kind of covered everything, but I have no idea. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, pretty much you just have to, um, you have to have, well, also you have to have a business license too on top of that. So, um, when you're working at the brothel, you're not actually employed by the brothel, you're Mm self-employed. The brothel is just somewhere for you to do business at. It just provides you a safe place, um, where you can do your business. Um, but you have to have uh, your own Nevada state business license because that's the state that you're doing the business in. And you can be an independent contractor or you can be an LLC if you want. Mm-hmm. So working here, you are your own business owner. So that's nice because, you know, whenever it's illegal, you can't go buy a house. You can't take that income and say, oh, this is how much I made and go buy a house with that or get a car loan or really, you know what I'm saying? So that's one thing that I love about you know, working here at the chicken ranches, it gives me more financial freedom. I can do what I want. You know, I can mm-hmm. buy a nice house. I can buy a nice car. I can yeah. open businesses and do all kinds of things with it. So yeah, that's, that's definitely yeah. what I love about it. Yeah, that definitely makes um, sense because I know like a lot of sex workers, um, th- they have those barriers um, in place, especially like in the USA. Um, and of of course, other parts of the world as well. Um, but yeah, it can be really, really difficult for for people to even like find a place to rent or any kind of like big ticket items that needs or require some kind of like um, bank verification on like how much money you make and stuff. So it just makes it that much harder. But in this sense, it makes it a lot easier because it's it's recognized. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That makes sense for sure. Um, tell us a little bit about um, like what are what are the working conditions there like? I mean, like um, I know and I've complained a lot <laughs> on earlier episodes about like working in a strip club and like being, you know, dealing with shady business owners or like gang affiliated like ownership for some of the clubs or working with the agency and stuff and like people not really um having our best interests at heart as strippers and I'm sure you probably might have gone through that as well when you were still a dancer but like what are the working conditions for you um at the chicken ranch um so the chicken ranch is actually owned by ken green um he bought the chicken ranch in um 1982 and has been the longest owner around so he's actually owned it for 40 years wow um yeah and he's 80 years old so he's owned it for literally half of his life he's actually a, a great owner he's very nice um he doesn't um, you know, come in too often anymore, you know, mm-hmm. um, but as, as far as like the working conditions with the staff and everything, everybody's great. Um, we don't, I mean, we, our place isn't ran by like gangsters or thugs or anything like that. Um, it's very hard to get a brothel license. First of all, a legal brothel license. Um, you have to be basically like perfect on paper. Um, and then you have to have like $1.2 million in liquidable assets to even be considered to own a brothel. So it's a lot harder, um, to, to obtain a brothel license than it is because of the legalities and because there are only a certain amount of brothel licenses even available. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. What about like the role of the the madame? What like what is her role? Is she just kind of like the house mom, like taking care of the girls, or like I I just don't really understand. I don't know anything about that. So <laughs> yeah, so yeah, she she is like our house mom. Um, she 
runs the whole house, everything. Like, she's the boss lady. Um, she's who we answer to. So, for example, um, I know some other brothels, um, the owners are more hands-on, and, and, you know, they're there every day and stuff like that. They're not the, the one who's the most hands-on, who controls everything. And our house is the madam. Um, she, she does a lot. <laughs> um, she, uh, she interviews and hires um, the staff and the courtesans. Um, she maintains and schedules, um, or she maintains the schedules of the courtesans tours. So our trips that we make down, we refer to them as tours. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she provides uh, diverse lineups for clients. Because um, we have ladies from all different sizes and shapes and ethnicities and ages and everything. Um, she keeps the house in a positive money-making mood. Um, she acts like a therapist sometimes. She's <laughs> <laughs> really good, actually. Um, and she maintains the staff in the ranch. She handles like our payroll. Um, every time we book a party, for example, they give us receipts. Uh, we track everything by receipts, and we sign receipts, and then at the end of the week, before a couple days before we get our checks, uh, we have a meeting in her office, go over everything, make sure that the numbers match up, the receipts were entered in correctly, and she handles all of that for us, too. So, Wow. Yeah. It's, a, it's a big job. She's, yeah. she's on call, yeah. like, 24-7, basically, too, even when she's not at work, so, yeah. Yeah, that's a big role. <laughs> That you're doing I would not want her job. <laughs> <laughs> I would not. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. I mean, it's good that you have someone looking out for you, too. But it's just like, I guess, the, the role of the madame, like, really just overseeing everything, making uh, making sure that the chicken ranch is, like, a well-oiled machine, girls are happy, paychecks are correct and not incorrect. Um, yeah, sounds like a definitely a huge role in terms of like making sure the place is operating smoothly um i i wanted to also ask you about um like the client perspective too like can you kind of walk us through that process like if i'm a client walking into the chicken ranch what am i to expect or do i have to make an appointment in advance like what are the steps that you need to take in order to have a visit and a session at the chicken ranch so there's a few different things that you can do. Um, when we have a website, it's chickenrangebrothel.com, and you can go on there, click on the calendar. You can see all the ladies that are available. You can look at their pictures. We have bios on there, um, the girls' schedules and stuff. So if you want to make an appointment, you can reach out and email a lady, talk to her that way. Um, if you have any kind of questions, anything, or to schedule an appointment, you can do through email via our website form, mm-hmm. um, or you can um, walk in. You can just walk in whenever a client walks in. They will be greeted by a shift manager, and they could do a lineup. They could do a request. They could request somebody off the screen. So when they go into the bar, there's a screen full of all the ladies that are available. Mm-hmm. Um, in the house at that time and they can just pick somebody off of the screen if they want, a lady can come out and talk to them um, they can do a lineup so what happens in a lineup is um, the customer will come in sit down in the parlor uh, the, the shift manager will give them the little you know, rundown and everything like that mm-hmm. and she rings a bell and we have three minutes to after after she rings the bell, she sets a timer. We have three minutes to get to the lineup. When the timer goes off, that's when we go out one by one and we introduce our names. Um, and then once we're out there, the client chooses which lady he would like to go back and see, and she will take the client back to her room, and that's where they will negotiate and party. Mm. Um, there's also another thing. They could do a barler. So a barler is more of an informal version kind of of a lineup. So instead of going into the parlor where the lineup is, the lineup is pretty formal. We're not allowed to talk or anything like that. So when we come out, you know, I can just come out and say, hi, I'm Ariel. And if the client says to me, oh, what's your name again? I can't say anything, you know, so that the shift manager has to answer for me and say they're not allowed to talk. 
um, you know. So, but if you want to do a bar alert, um, it's more personable. So you can go into the bar. Uh, you'll tell the shift manager you want a bar alert, and they'll ring a bell. All the ladies will come out. Um, we don't really all, all the time come out all together. They can come out, you know, separately and stuff like that. Um, we can walk up to the client, shake their hand, say, hi, how are you doing? You know, and we can have a conversation. Um, we have tables lined up to where they'll sit at the bar and we'll sit at the tables across from the bar so he can talk to all of us if he wants to buy all the girls a drink. He can if some of the girls aren't feeling the vibe and they're like, okay, I know this client isn't interested in me. She can excuse herself. Um, say, you know, it was nice talking to you. I'm going to go back to my room now, you know. Um, you know, she knows she's not going to have anything happen to her. So it's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of different options. Um, clients can also come in and get a tour. Uh, when they come in, we can give them a tour of the whole facility. There's a lot of different interesting parts of the house. Wow. So there's yeah. so many different options there. Like, it, it sounds like, well, for me, the barlow sounds a lot more, like, natural. And, like, like do you have um, a certain kind of, like, which one do you prefer the most? Or does it really matter? Or, like? <laughs> um, I like when they email me first. So that way I can talk to them and we can have communication. So I can kind of know them and we can kind of get to know each other a little bit first. Um, but you know, walking, walking is fine. I, I'm happy with everything. <laughs> um, lineups are great. I like lineups. I like lineups better than picking off of the screen because you know, the screen is just a picture, you know, you can't, whenever you do a lineup, you can at least see how the girl walks and moves and talks and her energy and how she is. You can't tell that by a still picture. So. Right. No, that makes sense. I mean, it's really great that the brothel I mean like I'm sure this is different than in other houses as well but it's really cool that Chicken Ranch has so many options uh for clients in in order of like how to kick things off with all of you um it's really really Mm -hmm. cool to see that because like I know I've had clients on the show as well to kind of give that perspective and sometimes it can be really nerve-wracking um yeah yeah like super nerve-wracking like do you ever get nervous at all like did you ever get nervous on your end like maybe when you first started or like at any point or um yeah I mean I'm always a little bit nervous just because you know when you when you really don't know somebody um but I mean actually not so much anymore I'm not really so much nervous anymore um, a lot of a lot of clients are a lot of clients are very nervous when they come in and they, they tell me oh I'm so nervous and I'm like it's okay I won't bite you unless you pay me to it's okay like <laughs> so I mean that's that's awesome I mean that's it's a really like natural thing for you to be nervous too when you're meeting someone new in general whether it's a sex worker or not yeah. Um, I also um, want to ask an important question, too, in terms of, like, safety. Where does the safety and security fall under? Are there, like, um, security guards? Is it all under the madam? Or is there, like, security cameras? Or, like, how, like, do you feel safe safe in the house? Or, like, how do you guarantee one's safety while working in a brothel? So, um, we are very secure. We do have security. We have, um security cameras each room has a panic button on the wall and it looks like a little doorbell button um in order to activate it you can push it or you can even knock it off of the wall and it will call into the sheriff's office it's a silent alarm in the room but it will ring very loud in the shift office and then it also sends um a call down to the sheriff's office so the police will show up um and they will talk to um, the client and the lady, even if it was done on accident recently. Um, oh no. It was like a few, a few weeks ago or not a few weeks ago, but a few months ago, uh, one of the girls was actually in a party and she was telling me the story. She's like, Oh, I was in my party and the shift manager is like knocking at my door, like knock, knock, knock. And she's like, I'm in a party. And she's like, are you okay? Your alarm's going off. And she's like, what do you mean? And she looks over. She was having such a good time. She accidentally kicked it off of the wall and she didn't even know. Like neither (laughs) one of them knew. So even though it was an accident, the police still had to come talk to both the client and the girl just to make sure everything was okay. 
So, I mean, and then one time um, a client hit the button because he thought it was like a room service type of a button. He wanted another drink. So he thought that like a server would come to him and hit the button, but <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah. That's really funny. I mean, yeah, for people listening, don't hit that button. <laughs> Unless you want to ruin your party. Please don't hit the button. <laughs> I mean, I mean, on the same topic too, like, are there any instances where clients will try to cross your boundaries or boundaries ever negotiated or communicated? Like, how does, how does that ever work? Um, as far as that, I've never really had, um, like, are you talking about, like, in the session or are you talking about like in a violent altercation type of a thing or what exactly do you mean? Yeah. I mean, kind of like both. both. Yeah. I would, I would say like both, like in terms of like, you know, if you are in a session and a person is crossing your boundaries and then you now feel unsafe and uncomfortable, um, how, how do you deal with that kind of situation and are there any repercussions for that? Um, well, so a lot of the clientele that comes into the chicken ranch are more high-end clientele because our prices are a lot higher and we are a lot farther out. Mm. So, uh, you really have to want to come here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? First of all, um, to, um, I, I, I've never had any time ever working at the chicken ranch that I didn't feel safe, uh, working there. If somebody did something that I didn't want or like, for example, like, Anal's not allowed. So if I'm doing doggy style and like some guy, you know, puts his finger on my ass and my asshole or whatever, I'm gonna be like, you know, no, don't do that. And he'll be like, okay, that's just how I would handle it for the most part. Mm. No, that's good to hear. I'm glad to hear that because I'm just always like, safety is always like a big question in a lot of the episodes too. So I just want to make sure like you are okay and all that stuff too. So it's yeah, that's good to hear. Um, well, I, and mm-hmm. a lot of guys are on their best behavior too, going to a legal brothel one because they know it's legal too. They know that there's security, there's cameras, um, but they're not on, you know, camera in the session or anything like that. So, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I mean, can you quickly, I know like I have so many questions. This is already like almost an hour. Um, <laughs> can you Ariel walk <laughs> us through like, a typical day in the life of like what it's like to work in a brothel like even just like you know from like the time of waking up getting ready how long it takes to get ready um i don't know like whenever you have a client coming in requesting for a tour in the middle of the night i just want to hear it all <laughs> okay <laughs> um so pretty much whenever i get up in the morning I try to get up early because i have since we are on 24 hours um, I have more time to myself. I feel like in the morning time, we generally get busier after lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to try and, you know, get, I get up, I get ready and then I work out, which sounds a little bit backwards, but I have to stay ready. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to, cause I, even if I'm working out and there's a bell, if they ring a bell for a lineup, I like run to my room and change real quick and then go to the lineup. So we're not, you know, we're not allowed to miss lineups. If we miss um, more than three lineups, we get fined $50. Mm. So unless um, we want to be taken off the floor, like if we're really tired and we've been work, work, working all day or something, I need some sleep time. I need to rest. We just let the shift manager know I want to be taken off the floor from this time to this time. And then we can sleep or do whatever we need to do, you know, during that time. And then we won't, you know, we won't um, get docked or anything for missing lineups if we're not on the floor. So um, then uh, we have lunch every day or brunch. We're we're served twice a day, um, once at 11.30 to 12.30. And then uh, we're served again from 4.30 to 5.30 for dinner. and then it's, it's kind of funny, too, because, like, when we go in for lunch and dinner, we always make sure we're covered up. We have our robes on. We're not in there in lingerie and doing all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's a really, really homey kind of environment. Um, and then 
there's just various lineups throughout the day. So you're always getting stopped trying to do whatever you're doing. So you have to go do a lineup. You might not get picked, and then, you know, you come back, and then you might get picked, and then negotiate, not come to an agreement, or negotiate and come to an agreement in the party for a while. Mm -hmm. So you you just really never know what's going to happen. Then there's, you know, various appointments throughout the days. Um, Wow. It's, it's, it's a lot. Uh, whenever I'm not busy actually in an appointment with a client or like taking two hours to get ready, <laughs> I'm working on my only fans, um, emailing clients, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, because it sounds like there is like, I mean, like with stripping too, and I've talked about this before in the show, like there is like some downtime. And it can be a lot when it's slow. And we all have those days when it's slow, whether you're in camming or you're waiting to shoot a scene in porn or whatever. Like, there's always some kind of downtime. So it's, it's really cool that you're always, you know, trying to be productive with your other lines of sex work as well. Because um, mm-hmm. otherwise it can get really boring, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it can get boring <laughs> if there's nothing going on. <laughs> but I mean, you know, that's what's nice about staying with all the, you know, the ladies. If there's nothing going on, we entertain each other. So <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. It's kind of like living in a sorority house, almost. It is. Yes. <laughs> I mean, like a sorority house for sex workers. <laughs> that sounds like fun, honestly. If there yeah. was a place that existed like that, that had like different rooms that you can like film content in and like a video room and like just stuff like it would be like props and a kink room like that would be a dream someone make that come true yeah we have one actually we have a dungeon oh it's really nice yeah we do it has a lawyer's closet in there so you can like lock somebody in there you can lock them in the closet and then there's a little door that opens up you can open it up, and it's a glass door, and it has little holes. <laughs> so you can let them see out. Uh, they have, like, this uh, long bed thing that you can uh, chain somebody to or tie them down to. Wow. And then underneath it, it opens up, like, the cage. So if somebody has a kink where they want to be walked with a dog or something, wow. they can get in their cage. There's a throne in there. There's a, there's a sex screen. There's... All kinds of different things in that room, yeah. And then we have wow. two other bungalows. We have a Victorian suite, which is Victorian themed. Um, it's away from the house. It's um, bigger, a nicer room. It's more private, mm-hmm. um, and it's got like a nice little indoor um, jacuzzi tub. And then we have a safari suite, also out there, which is safari themed like that too. And then we have like a indoor hot tub spot area and a stripper pool with the lights and stuff like that. So if somebody wants like a private stripper party right in there with like the indoor spa, it's really nice. And we also have a stripper pool too, um, in the bar as well. So, um, girls who like to dance, um, sometimes maybe if a client doesn't have enough to party, if he wants to, you know, have dances and stuff like that and the girl wants to do that, then they can do that out in the bar too. So. Wow. So the house is like equipped with so many different rooms, props, equipment, tools, just to make everything super enjoyable for the client, but also, I guess, to keep things interesting for you guys as well that are working. So cool. That's awesome. Um, uh, To kind of wrap things up a little bit, too, because I want to get into some questions because there's a lot of things going on in here. yeah, I wanted to ask, like, and I know you wrote this in your notes, too, but, like, is it really worth it? Like, I know you've other you've done other capacities in sex work as well. Like, is it worth it at, at the end in terms of, like, you know, paying money for your wardrobe, your hair, being there for X amount of weeks at a time and the isolatedness of it, the rules, like... I mean, you've been there for three years, so I, I want to say the answer is yes. <laughs> yes, it's definitely worth it. Worth it. Um, I I love working there. Um, I didn't know I would like working there as much as I do, especially with the rules, because there are a lot of rules. It's not for everyone. Um, you know, some girls have kids. That you know, some people can't be away from home. You know, that long of a time. Um, but I mean, for me, it works for me. Um, you know, I, I, it's legal. 
where else can I make this much money legally, you know, right. without even having a degree? I don't have to pay back any student loans, none of that kind of stuff. And I make as much as a lawyer or more than some, you know, working wow. where I work. So. Wow. That's crazy. That's incredible. Like, and thank you so much for sharing. I have so many more questions here. I mean, from the audience too, um, that I'll probably loop in some of my own questions as well. But since there are a lot, we'll try to tackle that in. Cause I was like, I'm going to try to get you out with an hour, but I think we're going to have to go a little bit over today. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's go to some Q and a here. Um, and thanks to everyone from Twitter, from Instagram, from Patreon, from everywhere. Um, for submitting all these amazing questions for Ariel. Um, we'll kind of go into it. So the first one is, um, and I think you already kind of mm, addressed a lot of this earlier, but what are some barriers of becoming a legal sex worker in Nevada? Uh, do things like race, immigration, body type, gender, or disabilities affect being able to work in the legal brothels there? Um, so we do not discriminate on a race or ethnicity or body types or body shapes. Um, we have women from all different ages. Um, you have to at least be 21. That is the age um, to work in Nye County. Um, but other than that, you, you can be as old as you want. <laughs> there's some girls, there's some girls that work into, you know, their sixties and are still very successful. So. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Um, what lessons can we learn from your experience to decriminalize sex work in the USA? I'm sorry. What was that question again? Oh, sorry. Um, what lessons can we learn from your experience to decriminalize sex work in the USA? Um. I mean, I, I really wish that they would decriminalize sex work. I think it's so stupid that it's criminalized. Um, but um, working working at the brothel, at least I'm able to legally do that mm-hmm. um, in a safe, fun environment where it's very profitable, which is nice. Um, mm-hmm. If they don't decriminalize. It would be nice if they could at least legalize and make brothels available. I mean, maybe they don't have to follow this brothel uh, model on how to run it, but it would be nice if there could be a safe place for sex workers to work and conduct business where, you know, they can feel safe and their clients can feel safe. Absolutely. And they could have good experiences at yeah, and it sounds like you've had a positive experience, um, and I'm so glad that you were able to come on and share your experiences. For those who um, don't really know the difference between like decriminalization and legalization, um, well, legalization, there's basically how Ariel described it earlier, like there are laws and there are rules in place that dictate when and where and how prostitution can occur. Um, when we're talking about decriminalization, you'll know, you hear this a lot with sex workers wanting to um, ask for a decriminalization that actually removes all laws and prohibits law enforcement from intervening in prostitution-related activities. So um, it's really, really cool for you, for you to come on the show because, and again, I'm just embarrassed that we don't that I've never had this conversation with anyone. And you've done such a fantastic job in terms of just like laying down the law, laying down the law, lay, laying down like in your own personal experience, like how um, how that's worked in your favor. So thank you for that. Um, there are a few more questions as well, which I'll try to zoom past. Um, and this is just an opinion question, but if the legality of your job was voted on today, how do you think your country would vote? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I hope they would vote yes. You <laughs> would hope so. We can, we can only there's, hope. There's, we, there's a lot of sex workers out there. I don't know. I think, I think we might win. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you like the best little whorehouse in Texas? 
Yes, yes. I think it's a great movie. Um, that movie is actually based on the chicken ranch um, out of LaGrange, Texas, with Dolly Parton in it. Yes, it's a very good movie. <laughs> and I didn't know that was a movie. I feel super sheltered, and now I have to do my homework and watch this after. <laughs> Very embarrassed. I'm like, is that a place in Texas? I was like, is that another Rockwell? It's like so embarrassed. <laughs> Thanks for the question. Um, <clears throat> has she read the book Brothel? And if so, what are her thoughts on it? Uh, no, I have not read the book Brothel. Again, more homework for us to do. Thank you, dear yes. uh, listener. <laughs> Thank you for the suggestion <laughs> for both of us. <laughs> Um, where else has she worked? Is Nevada her favorite place to work? Um, yes, I've only done sex work in Nevada. So, yes, it is my favorite place to work. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that we, um, we talked a little bit about this earlier, too, but what are the pros and the cons of working in a brothel versus working solo? But I think it's you've only ever worked in a brothel, and I don't think you've worked independently from our conversation. So feel free to sum it up in however you want to. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, like, like it was saying, you know, the pros of course is being, you know, basically financial freedom, being able to be a sex worker legally, um, the camaraderie of all the ladies in the house and having a really good support system. Because also with that being said, being a sex worker is hard to be friends with people who are not in your line of work mm -hmm. or in some sort of sex work because they just don't um, understand, you know, or they see the amount of money that we have and the things that we're doing and they're working their nine to five and they just don't get it and think it just, it's just hard to be, I don't know. Yeah, no. Because you can't, you can't like talk, you know, shop talk with somebody who doesn't really understand versus somebody who can't. So it's nice to have that. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so, but I mean, you know, the cons, yeah, it sucks. We have to stay there, you know, um, half of our lives, basically. <laughs> it feels <laughs> like it is locked down, you know what I mean? Um, the brothel does take half of the entire booking. Uh, so that's why our prices are higher. We have a lot of out-of-pocket expenses uh, that we have to pay. They still charge us daily room and board on top of that. Um, we have to pay for our doctor's STD test weekly. It's $120 for the first week. It's uh, $90 for the second week because they don't do the blood on the second week. Um, oh. And the tests are good for 10 days, but we still do it every seven days, even though the tests are good for 10 days. Um you know, all that kind of stuff. We have to get the business license. We have, we, do, we have a lot of out-of-pocket expenses, basically, in order to be able to run our business. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's it's definitely worth it for me. Mm, yeah, I didn't even, didn't even talk to you about that, too. But I guess, like, because you're structured as an independent contractor, you would hopefully be able to write a lot of this stuff off that is um, out-of-pocket. Mm -hmm. But it's still, like, expenses that can kind of pile up and can be overwhelming as well so yeah uh, most of most of everything is tax deductible that i that i buy <laughs> <laughs> and the last one here from twitter um are you able to do a fly me to you or is that not permissible um no i can only work at the chicken ranch brothel i cannot I cannot leave the state. I cannot even leave the brothel. If somebody wanted an outdate in Las Vegas, um, it's per county law in Knight County. We're not allowed to do outdates. I wish we were allowed to do outdates. That would be awesome. Um, up north, up out by Reno, the brothel's based out there. They're, they are allowed to do outdates, but we are not. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Well, Ariel, this was so much fun and like I have learned so much today and I just feel like I could talk to you and ask you more questions for like another hour, but I know your time is precious as well. So thank you so much for coming on the show. But before I let you go, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram is Ariel Ganja underscore. 
Uh, my Twitter is Ariel Ganja. My OnlyFans is OnlyFans.com slash Ariel Ganja. And my website is ArielGanja.com. All the places that's going to be in the show notes below. If you haven't clicked on that already, be sure to give her a like and a follow. Maybe if you're in the in the Nevada area, if you're passing through, go make an appointment with her, have a party. It sounds like so much fun. She's such a sweetheart. Um, for <laughs> for everyone else listening at home, it is new episodes every single Sunday wherever you get your podcast, and it's basically everywhere. So um, it would be really nice if you can do me a favor and rate five stars on apple Podcasts. if you want to write a review that'd be really cool i i read all the feedback that comes in if you want to write in you can totally do that as well and if you're in spotify don't forget to like and follow the show as well and yeah i guess you can find me on twitter it's stripped by sia as well as patreon.com plus stripped by sia instagram stripped by sia and very soon and hopefully by the time this is out it's stripped by sia.com if you're interested in coming on to the show want to like learn more about um the show myself um other guests to come on and etc it should be all up on there but that's it for today thank you so much ariel for coming on the show uh, such a pleasure thank you for having me it was great thank you so much thank you we'll see everyone in next week bye you're listening to stripped by sia hosted produced and edited by steph sia music by ted d graphic design by maria bellandorama and photography by ian davern